Riders Up. We have another edition of our awesome show, Riders Up, where we get to get inside the mind of these incredible athletes, these jockeys that put their lives on the line each and every day. But we very rarely get the chance to find out about them, to hear their stories, to find out what life is like for them off the racetrack. Today, Brian and I are joined by jockey Dylan Davis. And uh, Dylan Davis has had an incredible couple years. Things are really, really moving along well for Dylan over the last few years. I think since 2018, been up over 100 wins in 2018, 2019, 2020, 21, coming off 130 wins last year. Dylan is rapidly approaching the 1,000 victory mark. Dylan, that's got to be really cool, knowing that that number is coming and not too far away, right? Doing anything a thousand times is incredible, but winning a thousand races, it's got to be a great feeling. Yeah, it's incredible. Uh, first off, thanks for having me, and I do apologize. I'm currently driving at Parks to Parks right now, but a thousand, thousand winners. I'm, I think I'm around forty away. Yeah. And it took a long time to get there, and I'm really excited for it. And things have tell us sort of a little bit about the journey, right? Because for you, it wasn't immediately just instant success right away. Uh, Twenty thirteen, you had a really good year, as a lot of a lot do sometimes when you we kind of have your bug. You get put up on a lot of horses sometimes. You get the weight break there. And then afterwards, it's a little bit of a struggle once you become you know, a journeyman to try to get in the right barns, to try to get your, you know, get a good relationship with some of them. Took a few years, but now it seems like things are really starting to roll for you. Yes. Yeah. So as an apprentice, I was down in uh, Kentucky and Florida. And as an apprentice, you get the weight off. And and my only competition was the other bug boys. So, yeah. so I... I was luckily to have a lot of mentors behind me and I was able to beat most of them. So I was like the go-to jock for that. I finished, I had a great meet over in Indiana and Churchill. And then I ended up finishing third for the winter meet at Gulfstream uh, during 2013 to 14. And then, you know, once, once you lose that bug after a year, you kind of get shuffled back uh, because the other riders, the veteran riders have been, had their own business. So you kind of have to work your way back up. And uh, I put my time, I've come back into New York and my father was here and, uh, you know, just put my time in it. And I just slowly see, you know, success each year progressing. And, and you know, I'm, with, I'm happy with the direction that I'm going. Yeah, Dylan, tell us a little bit about it because I, I think you've got some siblings as well. But, like, what got, what got everybody into riding? Like, what was it? Was it, you know, family? How, how did it go? Uh, as in, like, everyone in my family or well, you, or you particularly just you like, what drove what drove you all to ride uh well uh it's easy my father my father used to race in new york for about 20 years the 80s to early 2000s and i grew up doing it but you know as as a kid growing up i never really thought of what i wanted to become until around my senior year of high school where you know it was come down to it what do i want to do and go to college or do this and and I, I, I've liked horses, but I never really wanted to do a lot with them. And uh, it kind of just fell into my lap where, you know, I'm short. I have my father with me <laughs> and and he can just teach me along the way. He's had a lot of success in horse racing. So I felt like it was one of the easier paths for me to take. 
it's it's interesting just to follow up on that a little bit because I myself am very short as well, uh, and I used to not be so fat. Um, you know, when, when I graduated high school, I about 110 pounds soaking wet. So I, you know, I'm I'm five foot five, 110 pounds. Like, you know, that's that's perfect jockey uh, height and weight. And my grandfather was was a rider and then became a trainer and like I grew up always wanting to ride and like he wouldn't let me like he did everything he could to steer me away from it. Really? And uh, it's interesting to hear riders like you. We've talked to a couple others who whose parents or somebody close to the family got them into it and really pushed them towards it. Like, hey, you know, you would be great at this where I was given the total opposite treatment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that my father was for it for me all the whole way, but uh my older sister, Jacqueline, when she first said that to my father, he was so against it. I, mean, I, guess, <laughs> I guess maybe it was because she was a female and she would have a tougher time, but I, or it was maybe because she was the first sibling to actually start and pursue that career. So it was kind of a breakthrough for sure. her. So yeah. you talked about, obviously, with family helping out. Who were some of the other people that were maybe mentors to you, you know, when you were down in, in Indiana or Kentucky, some of the veteran riders who maybe helped you along the way, or even uh, trainers, you know, who were some of the people that really helped you give you some of your first winners or some advice? Yeah, so I I could list, a, I could give you a whole page or two of, <laughs> of, of mentors. Uh, but we can start from the top with, with my father, and then going on, I did go to the Chris McCarran Jockey School before I started oh, wow. racing. Great. Right out of right out of uh, right out of high school, and that program was about two years long, but I happened to only do it for a little under six months because Chris Chris did end up uh, contacting Dad and telling him he says I can't teach him any more than what he knows, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he he threw me back to Dad back back into uh, the springtime. Uh, back at Saratoga and where I was freelancing. So after that, uh, dad introduced me, you know, I was just lucky to have my dad. He had, yeah. he's got a lot of connections. So it really, it really, he's really the start of it. So dad introduces me to Wesley Ward and I can tell you, he was my, my third mentor, big, <laughs> big, because I ended up moving to Kentucky with my bug and my apprentice. And I was only 18 years old and I didn't know anybody. And I just, I just went for it and I'm so happy that I did, even though I didn't know anybody or anything or anywhere where I was. And he helped me on my whole bug year, working with him in the mornings with the babies and, and following through to Gulfstream, uh, just riding races and tactics. And just, it's just lucky to have other guys in the rooms in each track that I had. And I just felt uh, very welcomed if I were to go ask any of the questions that I had to any of the veteran jockeys. That's great. I mean, what yeah. a cool way to be like baptized, right? Here you go. <laughs> Wesley Ward. You're going to be on a bunch of Wesley Ward horses who are like rocket ships out of the gate, you know? It, yeah. It's, it's a small world too. Uh, Chris McCann's actually in my Saturday golfing group. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So we, we, we talk about the uh, riders a lot. Uh, um, like I told you earlier, like we have a horse at Penn National. We had one previous, and Andrew Wolfson rode it. He also went to the school. So, you know, Chris kind of said, hey, you're up at Penn. You should check out my boy. You know, he can ride a little bit. And so, uh, you know, I've got wonderful pictures of Andrew Wolfson all around my house. So, uh, Dylan, we uh, we can see that you're driving on over to Parks right now. I'm always curious, 
um, what's like a normal, because horses in the morning, you got to work some of them out sometimes or gallop them. And then maybe there's a little bit of a gap in between. Then you go back to the races. Kind of tell us what's a normal day, like your normal schedule, like with your workout, what time do you head back there? How does it all play out for you? Sure. So the, usually during the winter times, it's more quiet uh, than compared to like the summer during Saratoga is very busy. But uh, currently now, you know, my first breezer is usually around 730, the first break at the train track. And oh, you get to sleep in, in huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm lucky enough right now. So I take advantage of it. I usually wake up around six, six o'clock, 630 between there and uh i have for the day I, my my day uh uh daily you know i never i know yeah. some horses that i ride in the future but but i i like to take my days day by day and i don't that that kind of uh takes away some of the stress that the game could give so sure so, uh after after that i do my uh morning breezers whichever 7 30 9 30 maybe two or three and uh in between those i'll, I'll hit up some uh talk to some trainers or or maybe some owners walking around, follow up with some horses that I've ridden or that are upcoming, check how they're doing, or possibly try to get new horses that my agent, Mike McGlory, will uh, send me after to, uh, you know, maybe a rider have, <clears throat> has given a ride uh, poorly on that I think that I could do better or we think we can do better on. Uh, and then after that, if I have some time, it depends on which race I start it. I can be able to get home and, uh, I'm lucky enough to be able to eat some breakfast. I'll have some cereal or, or whichever, some eggs, whichever, and uh, get a shower and uh, and then uh, check out those races and then head out to the track. And then uh, after that, you know, I like to get there early, maybe two hours before post time and get my stretching in. I do a lot of stretching and warm up and uh, follow up with uh, the races again and see uh, if I miss something, which, you know, I do sometimes miss some things because the kids are around with my family at home that I try to follow up again and make sure I I'm, I'm happy with what I need to do or talk to the trainers. And then I ride my races from there. Love that. Love hearing all the prep. Cause everyone that we talked to has does things slightly differently, right? Their schedules all a little different, but everyone figures out their routine and what works well for them and what, yep. uh, what, what seems to just fit. So we're very lucky. We're talking with Dylan Davis as he's uh, on the drive over to parks. He's going to be riding some races on tuesday you guys will probably end up hearing this interview uh the week after so by that time you'll know that D dylan probably already got in the winner's circle over there in that, <laughs> yeah. but, right. but, but uh dylan while we're talking uh, about you know the races who are some of the the horses i mean going through the list of, of really nice horses you've been on pat on the back uh miss orb stand the man glass ceiling harlan punch just to name a few it's all relevant who are some that are important to you some of the good horses that you've been on give us a few that are very meaningful for you well i'm going to say i'm going to start with my best horse obviously pat on the back and i say that not only because he's been my first million dollar horse earnings uh but i feel like he was my gateway horse for new york because when i first when i first came to new york i found him as a two-year-old which i was very lucky to do and he was able to be very competitive, or uh, if not the best uh, New York bred boy in stakes company uh, throughout his whole career. And because of that, it kind of showed, showcased me that I can, I can do that and, and went on that kind of level. Yeah. And, and uh, 
because of that, he he had a he had a well uh, well uh, well career, healthy, all the way till he was about six years old, and he was all he was a very special horse to me because I feel like that he showed like the owners and trainers in New York that I can I can get the job done at that quality or that, yeah. that caliber of level. That's that's important because like you said, with when you have a stakes horse like that. They're going to be in big races repeatedly and things are not going to always be the same, right? You're not always going to be able to just go to the lead or sometimes you're going to get in some trouble just to be able to show that whatever happens on that horse, you're going to do a great job. You're going to get him home safe. You're going to give him the best rides possible. Those are things that are a little bit different, right? Just showing that when the pressure is on and you know, every couple of weeks, you know, every month or every six weeks when that horse races, you are going to be consistent. Like that's the next step, right? Like that's like, proving the trust between you and the owners and the trainers there. Yeah, exactly. So, and I say that because, because coming into New York, you know, it's, it's a very, very tough colony. Oh yeah. The only way I thought to get into it and break in was to find a baby. And I Mm -hmm. was really lucky to get that and keep him all the way through because you can't, it's very tough, you know, to come into New York and expect a, a trainer owner to take off a veteran rider that's been riding and they know well known that to take them off of that horse and put me on that it's a new guy coming up. Yeah. So as you've traveled all, go ahead, Bihal. I was like, I, it's time for a tough question. You, yeah. You've done some softballs here. Now, now it's time. <laughs> it's time for a tough one. So um, I'm going to ask you a question. Then I'm going to give you a little follow up here. Um, What's it like to have a sister in the jocks room with you? And secondly, to follow that up, did Trevor ask uh, your permission before he started dating her? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's start with riding with Jackie and Katie. So they, they were riding. Jackie was riding at Parks or whichever. She's riding at Penn, and, and she's riding here now. Uh, and then Katie was riding a little bit of Laurel and Delaware, whichever. But when they came in, where Jackie's riding now, I don't care if I finish second to last. I want Jackie behind me as much as possible <laughs> every time. <laughs> I don't care. If, I don't want to be finishing last and she's second to last. I want to be the opposite. <laughs> Absolutely. That is great. That is so funny. <laughs> and then uh, uh, with Trevor, now he didn't ask me at all. So that, that's a good thing to put against him. But I, I'm happy with that tre- that Trevor's my brother-in-law. He, he, he rides great. He's a great person. And, and they have their first girl together, Riley. And, and you know, it, it's nice. So Trevor's, Trevor's riding here currently. He's, he's second behind me. And that's another thing. I don't want him beating me as well. Exactly. You guys got, yeah. that, you got the rivalry going on. A lot of fun yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, I'll be Those family holiday dinners must be tough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's tough. Thanksgiving, everyone's <laughs> taking jabs at each other, and uh, we're very happy to have Dylan Davis here with us talking as he's on the drive over to Park. So, um, Dylan, when you know you've been all over the place, what are some of the what are your some of your favorite tracks to ride at? You know, you give us give us one or two, or maybe even one that you haven't that you've always wanted to ride at. All right, well, uh, the easiest one for me is Saratoga because when Dad Dad retired, we moved up to Saratoga. Mm-hmm. And I'm a former Saratoga Springs High School graduate, so oh, yeah. I got a lot. I got a lot of friends up there and family, or just friends up there that I can meet up with every time I go. And and even at the track, there's a lot of atmosphere with the people that the people bring, and and a lot of energy, and it's just really exciting every race, and just the people cheering on, and 
and the surface is great. I love the turf courses. It's a lot tougher with, with better horses, but it's just, it brings a lot of excitement with every race. Um, okay. Now we start to have a little fun. Brian and I always like these questions where we can kind of get a little bit off the racetrack for you. So you mentioned your kids, what's, uh, kids like what, tell us a little bit about your family setup. All right. So I have my boy, Michael, he's four years old. And then I have a girl, uh, Demi, she's, she's three years old right now. And if you can imagine, uh, my wife's father was a jockey. I'm a jockey. My father's a jockey. You couldn't imagine what these kids could be like, and you'd be right. They're jumping <laughs> off the walls, energy all the way till they can't anymore. From morning to night, they they keep you busy nonstop. They just have so much energy. <laughs> so are, are you in a lot of like, um, I'm trying to figure out, so four, are you in like Blippy, Gabby's Dollhouse? Like what are some of the shows that are on in the background for you all the time with the kids? Uh, he likes YouTube right now, but he his his favorite is is Paw Patrol right now. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. And, I know and my girl is Frozen and 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 Elsa and all that stuff. Awesome. Oh, and, and let me tell you, Dylan, it only gets worse from there. I've got a similar <laughs> setup where my son's the oldest. Uh, my son's now he's twelve, and my daughter is seven, and she's going on twenty seven. Uh, she <laughs> she's the boss of the household, and that will soon happen to you. <laughs> So just prepare yourself. Um, All right. Okay. <laughs> so, so when you're not watching uh, kids shows and stuff in the background, are you and uh, uh, you and your significant other into any shows, movies, anything like that, that you, that you're a big fan of? Uh, not too much right now. We kind of, we don't have that much time together. Uh, yeah. I was going to say that's racing, yeah. Any, racing is so much. And being from up in the Saratoga area, do you do you follow along with any sports? Are you a fan of any of the like the New York teams or anything like that? Uh, I I just follow golf, you know, and then nice. horse racing. That's all awesome. really I do. I don't I don't get. It's kind of crazy because the horse racing life is is you're so into the horse racing that it's it's tough to say, but you really don't have time for a lot of other things. Oh, I know. Some you're all all day. Sometimes you're like, oh, there was a Super Bowl, or oh, there was something going on today, right? <laughs> yeah, and then um, you're lucky to stay awake for the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so who uh, do you get a chance to go out and play golf when you when you're not riding, or when you have a day off, or when you get like a little vacation here and there? Oh, I'm sorry, you broke up. What did you did you, did you get the chance to go play golf yourself ever uh, when you get a free day or free few minutes? I, I'm sorry. Oh, no problem. No problem. I think we had a little bit of a connection. I was just, you mentioned that you're a fan of golf. Do you get the chance yourself to go out and, uh, and, and swing the links a little bit and, and, and have some fun? Yes, I do. Right now, I just, just working on the driving range. It's a little cold up here in New York, but, uh, uh, I'm happy that my, my boy, he, he loves, he loves playing golf. And awesome. this year I took him to the course a couple of times last year and he's, I put him on the junior tees and everything and he has a blast. So, so this year, you know, he's four. I know he's not that old, but he's going to be able to enjoy it a lot more this year, and we're going to be hitting the courses a lot this year. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, well, it's good to know. Do you plan on coming down to Kentucky, dog? Because if you do, I'll get you and Chris out there. We'll we'll go play around. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris had a place. At, uh, I don't know if he still has it in Lexington, where his backyard. He's he's sitting on a green. Yeah, that, that's where I'm at. Like, oh really? Yeah. <laughs> so. 
I, I live in Lexington, so that course, yeah, I think he actually lives out of Greenbrier now because uh, Andrew said that he had to actually help him move into that house because he was okay. still in the jock school at the time. So <laughs> it sounded like that was his moving company. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, That's cool. Um, Dylan, we uh, we know that it's not easy. You got to keep weight. You got a lot going on. You can't be overweight when you get on the horses. You're working out. You're, you're galloping them. When do you, when you get the chance for a cheat meal or two, or maybe it's uh, someone's birthday, you want to take the significant other or the family out. What are what are your go to cheat meals or or cheat foods that you get to you get to have? Well, I'm gonna. I think most jockeys know, and they're gonna hate to say this, but my weight. I'm very blessed that on my weight, I can I can eat pretty much. Awesome. And uh, between like. 110 and, and 108 uh i just that's just on the light a little bit on the lighter side of, of what you you are until you're close to the edge of watching it so yeah. i don't have any cheat meals i can i'm very fortunate to that's to awesome have great energy in the races and i feel like that's a good advantage against some of the guys over there i i agree it's funny because i'm sort of i got a really crazy metabolism myself so like i just i'm up all night i sleep very little so I'm, I'm, I am able to eat and drink, but don't really put a whole ton on myself, which is nice because I kind of feel like you, I feel like I have a lot of energy sometimes when other people may not, when they're kind of tired, when they're dragging a little bit. And I've sort of always been able to just kind of eat, kind of shred it off. So I've been, it's one of those things where you get, you get lucky, right? So, and you got to, so lucky. Well, it, it, so, this is, yeah. go, go ahead. Yeah. So, I mean, being lucky that I can eat, I, I don't stop from like working out so i'm also throwing in workouts on my off days or even in between the morning and, and races like some warm-ups so so i can get stronger because that because i'm lighter i can i can use it to my advantage i have some energy, jockeys so can't do that right others some yeah, can't build the muscle as much because they, they don't want to get too big yeah exactly so they're more relying on the, the hot box or maybe some cardio some light stuff but basically to to sweat you know and not really gain strength and and what's yeah. scary about that is that after a while you know you do start to feel a little bit run down right you're less like you said you're less energetic you're kind of losing weight instead of being able to put it on so people you know they, they the riders these guys and gals know exactly what they're doing but it's i i just i i love when you're able to have the approach that you're able to have versus you know like the strength versus kind of going backwards because my dad and my family we came from a wrestling background ourselves so man cutting weight you know to try to get to whatever weight class you have to trash bags on spitting <laughs> yes that's, yep. that stuff gets bad you know that's not the greatest world like i it's so much nicer when you're in a spot where i can work out i can try to get strong i can build it up and uh and we we've been seeing it play out on the racetrack with you dylan man you are really really kicking butt out there right now um dylan davis when you're uh when you're turning for home let's say you know you're out you're back at uh in in kentucky or it's a big day in, uh, in new york and everyone's around you're riding a couple stakes you're turning for home you're on a live horse who are some of the best strongest finishers that you look over and you go uh-oh they're next to me i know that i'm gonna be in <laughs> who are some of the guys or gals that you really look up to right now as some of like your best peers uh most recently for the past couple of years i haven't i haven't changed it much uh and i do like many of riders but my my top rider is joel rosario yeah. and you're not going to match up with him 
Uh, if he's on the lead and he's sitting chilly, you better be sure, damn, damn sure you got enough force to even get up to him because he's, yeah. he's he has plenty of force to work with. And also, if he's laying laying last, you ain't gonna see him till that the few jumps before that wire comes. So <laughs> I just I just love his riding style, and he is probably one of the strongest riders I know. Finishing, uh, just just I mean I have a good a pretty good idea of watching all these riders, but. Joel is very strong. <clears throat> He's very patient, and most importantly, it is confident. And when you're confident on a horse, and those horses feel that, the 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 uh, the sky's the limit, pretty much. And on a big day, big races, I mean. When he's got five or six graded stakes mounts, it just feels like he knows that that's that big day, and he's just someone that's like, oh, three for Joel today, oh, four for Joel today. You can just kind of pencil it in almost, you know? Yeah, and 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 to be honest, he's like probably one of the few that gets me to say wow after the race is over, and and that's pretty hard to do. Been watching races for a while now, and yeah, and he still gets me some goosebumps with his rides. So. So I, I got a couple more questions that are kind of loosely track related. Um, you know, that jockey colony up in New York, especially come summertime, is just unbelievable. Um, one, one of the guys that's the most one of the most controversial, uh, according to social media, obviously, is Irad Ortiz. Um, what's Irad like as, as a person? Like, I, I mean, like, I feel like. You know, obviously he's a very aggressive rider and gets into some bad spots that, you know, some people frown upon. But, like, I, I feel like people act as if Irad doesn't care. And I just have a feeling that's not the case. And you're in there with Irad every day. Like, tell us a little bit about it. Okay, so I, I just know him what I know from him in the jocks room, and I don't know him outside yeah. of the jocks room. So uh, his energy, you know, he's – He's, he's a very determined rider, and I, he has a lot of confidence. And his uh, riding style is more towards the aggressive style. But he's one rider that I know can, can get out of any situation in a pack and be able to get clear when, it, when the time is needed. He's, he's, very, he's very masterful, I guess you could say, with, with ta being tactical in races. And he's... And that's one thing that I watch when I watch him. Yeah. And, and I, I guess just a second question um, in your career, was there ever a time that, that a trainer gave you a leg up on a horse and you got up on the horse's back and said, Holy shit. So-and-so just gave me a leg up on one of their horses. I guess it's the first time I, when I get legs up on, on the, the top trainers. I guess Chad Brown and, and Todd Fletcher or right. the, yeah. the Christoph Clements. You know, what's her, I've been riding for Christoph for a while now, but the first time I ever gave him gave me one, uh, it felt pretty special. You know, Wesley Ward and and Shug, You know, the two real top top trainers. You know, you know, I put too much pressure on myself. I want to do well and, and yeah. just ride a smart yeah. race. And and I'm thinking about, you know, I'm riding for this guy. And this is the this is my moment, you know. I feel like it makes or breaks me. <laughs> yeah. Um, Dylan, uh, we are uh, just finishing up here with you, but a couple more questions that we have. So, um, Dylan Davis, who's riding right now and uh, heading on over to Parks, he's gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about Fantac and everything going on. Dylan, um, if you weren't a jockey, 
and and this is probably a hard question because you've been riding so much and your family's been involved. What do you think you might be doing if you weren't riding horses? Yeah, yeah, it's a tough question. So when I was in high school, I was a busboy in a restaurant called Chianti's at Saratoga. And I've always answered that question as, you know, maybe being stuck there. But nice. Yeah. You would <laughs> but you, uh, you know, in the restaurant by now, right? You'd have been uh you'd have moved all the you've been a host and then a server and then a bartender all the way up. <laughs> you know, it, it, it'd probably be a crazy thing to say, but I'd probably be doing something with the horses right yeah. on the business side. Yep. Or or even, you know, going to college and doing something like with like computer science or something, because because cool. gaming gaming kind of interested me as well. And maybe Ooh. that would have pointed me into a different direction. But, you know, I've always I've always had my uh, an open mind. So I was always could change things on the fly. What's awesome. what's your game of choice? Uh, I, I actually play with my wife, uh, Destiny 2 for cool. Xbox. OK, that play makes a little bit of Halo in there. But, you know, you don't got too much time for games, but I probably would have. <laughs> if I, wasn't I hear you. So Dylan, we uh, you don't have to look because I know you're driving, but we're looking at your uh, we're looking at your Fantax shop right now, which is really cool because, um, like you were saying, for someone like you, you know, when you're riding up in Saratoga, there's a lot of people that know you around there. I'm sure there's a lot of people that would probably like to wear some of these Dylan Davis shirts. I love the the um, logo that you got with the DD. It's really cool that they inter they intertwine with the DD. We look at we can see some really cool jackets, t-shirts, long sleeves. There's some hats, mouse pads on here, and all of this is a, a really cool promotion that Fantac has been doing in a relationship that Fantac has with a lot of you riders. Just tell us a little bit about uh, some of the products we're looking at and, and the work that you've been doing with Fantac. Sure, yeah. Cameron approached me uh, maybe a, a few months ago, and uh, and we uh, hooked up together, and and it's, it's really in the early stages, so we've got a couple of, of quick items that we thought people would like. And uh, we're, we're trying to add additional items, but like you said, that, that would be a great idea. And it would, it would be nice to see uh, people in Saratoga to be wearing that and supporting me and, 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 and rooting for me. So that'd be really nice to have. Turn in for home uh, tickets, DD tickets with DD shirts, right? I'm closing the daily double with Dylan Davis. It'd be perfect right there. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. I, I'd love to see it. So make sure uh, anyone out there, if you're a fan of, uh, of Dylan and, I'm, that's what's so great about these conversations, Dylan. Like, I've seen your name written down a million times, but I've never had the chance to talk to you. Now I know a little bit about your family. I know how you came up in McCarran School, and we've talked about some of the tracks you got in. Every so now, when I see your name, now I know you, and now I'm like, I'm really rooting for you. And I think, I, th I think with jockeys and with riders, a lot of the time, it's it's unfortunate because we don't really hear from you guys all that often. When you compare it to like other sports, where you know there are press conferences or after there are like a little bit more long form interviews, really every now and then you'll ask a jockey, you know, right after a race about their horse or maybe right before the race about their horse, but that's about it. I think there are a lot of people out there who are going to appreciate just getting to know you and your schedule and everything like that. So man, we really appreciate the time you took. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. Thank you very much. I thought that, you know, we could improve on, on the media side definitely because they, they're really yeah. into detail with a lot of the players of, of different games and i think that we could step Absolutely. our game up a little more with that yeah that's I agree. that's what we're trying to do here dylan <laughs> like, <laughs> we'll do all, so yeah it's great yeah it's great. we'll do we'll do our part with you buddy and we are going to be rooting for you good luck today at parks good luck uh as things are starting to really get 
in the fun part of the year now as we head towards the Triple Crown, these big races and, and big prep races and everything. And we're going to see you in the winner's circle a bunch more this year on your climb to 1,000 wins, man. So good luck. Drive safe. I hope you and the family and everyone uh, continues to, to do well and your sisters keep riding well. And uh, make sure that you finish in front of them and Trevor anytime you can. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Now, now so, Dylan, if you if you don't if you don't win that race today, I'm gonna come at you on Twitter and say it's your fault. <laughs> hey, you want to be the first one? I'm <laughs> gonna say what a terrible ride that was. Come on, man. <laughs> really Dylan appreciate Davis, you buddy. taking the time. Okay, thank, thank you. you. Thanks so much, folks. We're going to be here every single week with you on this great series, Riders Up. We'll be able to get inside the mind of these awesome jockeys. And uh, it was so cool to get to know Dylan Davis a little bit more. We're going to be rooting for him on his quest as he gets closer and closer to 1,000 wins. But I think Dylan's not worried about 1,000, just talking to him. He's already thinking about 2,000, 3,000, and 4,000 oh, yeah. after that. So <laughs> good luck, buddy. Thanks so much. Okay. Stay Thank safe. You. Thanks for having me. Thank you.